You know, delivering excellence is more than just 18 wheels moving products around the country. Trucking is complex, and its people are passionate. Accommodating a diverse driving workforce, ever-changing regulations, supply chain demands, and new technologies all present their own challenges, but in trucking, the creative and the innovative succeed. Let's understand the people that drive and support the trucking industry, and welcome to Garner Trucking's Beyond the Cab. Hello and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cab. I'm your host, Tim Krolski, and with me today, I am honored to have uh, some friends from Freightliner. We have uh, Dan Neely, Ed Quatman, and Austin Hill all with us. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So as we get started, uh, you know, we were having some conversation uh, uh, before we, we started the program today. Um, interestingly enough, uh, the the transformation from uh, stoops and 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 uh, truck country, you hear kind of both both um, titles being thrown around. So maybe Ed, can you kind of explain what's happened with stoops over the years and how truck country and how that all ties together? Absolutely. So what happened was um, the McCoy family um, bought out Jeff Stoops and we are now in what they call the truck country family. Uh, So we're a division of truck country, which is huge. I think uh, and Austin might be able to uh, relay this, but I think we're up to 27 or 28 Freightliner dealerships. So we're we're yeah. uh, across the country. We're mostly located in the Midwest, from Iowa to Ohio through Indiana, Wisconsin. Um, but we it's really been a success. We were uh, excited to be part of the family. Uh, it is a family-run business. So you know, as we've been. We've seen over the economy, the big get bigger and just get bigger and bigger and bigger. It really is a family-owned business, and it goes right down to the core. Our uh, main leader is a guy named Brian McCoy, and he has done a fabulous job of uh, bringing these dealerships together and really creating a lot of teamwork. I appreciate appreciate the kind of the background on on what's going on over at uh, Truck Country, and certainly Stoops were long term customers uh, for decades and decades now. Um, I, I purposely kind of skipped over uh, titles and everything because I wanted to give each of you an opportunity to kind of introduce yourselves and, and and what you do for the Stoops organization. So, Dan, I'm going to start with you if you if you don't mind just kind of giving us a, a brief overview of who you are, what your title is, and what you do. Yeah, so I'm my name's Dan Neely. I am a sales uh sales salesman for Stoops Freightliner in Lima. Um I started with the company two thousand nine and started, you know, delivering parts. And actually um started delivering parts and, and doing the north route, so I've uh I've been dealing with Garner since two thousand nine and and always been uh, proud to proud to be part of a partnership with them. Um, and then I moved into selling parts and, and a few years later be, became the warranty manager and I think I'm in year five on truck sales and has it been five years already? Yep. It, wow. I'm in year five. So I just completed year four. So we're in year five. That's awesome. So, so very excited and, and, uh, keep growing and, and doing what I'm doing and, Really enjoying it. Absolutely. We appreciate you having you. Austin Hill, can you give us a little background in your title and, and what you do? 
Yeah, like Tim said, my name is Austin Hill. I'm technical sales for Stoops. And what that means, I got a lot of people that ask me, what is technical sales? So I basically bridge that gap from the, the technical side, the service side, and bring that over to the sales side to answer any questions that our fleets might have. I work on the corporate side. So uh, all of my Stoops locations, that's Indiana and Ohio, and then uh, corporate accounts. So technical questions, uh, specking, anything of that matter, that's what uh, that's what I do. I've been in the industry now for 17 years. Like I say, uh, technical is my background, was a field service technician, worked for uh, an engine manufacturer called Cummins for about nine years, and then transitioned over to the Stoops side. So uh, been a been a fun ride enjoy it and uh it's been uh, it's been interesting <laughs> it always is austin i appreciate you being here and uh, we're going to get into some technical stuff today i think will be of interest to the listener and i'm certainly excited to hear some of your responses to some of the questions we have and last but certainly not least ed quatman you have been with uh, garner for as long as i can remember so um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come up and, and be with us today. If you could, again, share a little bit of your background and, and what's going on with you. Tim, thanks. Uh, I have been in truck sales for over 30 years, so I am the old guy <laughs> that uh, has a lot of history. I'm not sure if that benefits anybody, but I do have a lot of history, and I'm sure we'll touch on that a little bit today. Um, and I've been dealing with uh, way back when Vern Garner was uh, here, and it was, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, deal with the Garner family. It's, um, it's been exciting. Uh, I tell everybody, and I'm going to give a little promotion to Garner, that they do not sacrifice anything on their trucks. They want what's best for the driver, and it might sound like a cliche, but I can honestly tell you that's the truth. So... Um, that's my kind of history. I'm in the twilight of my career. Uh, I'd like to think that I'm help coaching Dan up uh, in sales, and he's done a fabulous job, and he's going to be taking over the Garner account. Absolutely, and that we've, we've, I think, been very successful in, successful in helping both sides of the house make that transition and, and make it easily. So I kudos to you as far as that's concerned. Um, I think probably my biggest question today is going to be um, – kind of the same circling that I've been doing for the last year and a half or so now when it comes to the fleet we do uh, you know we've got a town hall meeting that we do once a quarter and um, certainly we've we've been fortunate enough at least last year to have family gathering and I've kind of been singing the same song and dance whether we're talking about trailers or we're talking about trucks so you know the biggest question I think um, on my mind today is is can you share you know regarding our, our current demand versus production where where do you feel like we're at um, do you th- do you think that things are starting to normalize whatever whatever that might mean now Dan I guess I'm gonna put that in your lap yeah so you know if you're in the market for for trucks trailers it's no secret um, availability is very uh, very low um, you know and uh, demand is very high um, we're not a uh, not sure if not sure if it's gonna get better real soon on on the production side um i know we're we're you know we're doing our best to work with uh what we got and um i just think that you know it's it's gonna take a while to get get to where we need to be yeah yeah do you see the same thing ed do you see the same thing as far as parts are concerned um i know again we've had we've got some constraints that have been there 
um, for quite a while in terms of different parts. And, you know, it's odd things, too. You know, we get into bumper guards and, you know, things that don't require the chip, you know, the, which has been kind of the stand, standard uh, um problem that we've had but just this weird array of parts that that haven't been available you see any light of day there well you know tim if you go back to the history of what where this all started um you look at COVID coming on and creating problems for everybody in every vocation to speak of but then it has escalated into the trucking business and the demand is higher than the supply and part of that has um, been caused by the lack of raw materials. So uh, a guy like you that's president of the company comes to Dan and myself and goes, okay, when can I get my trucks? And uh, Dan and I throw our hands up in the air and go, you know, I'm not sure. You know, when can we get those raw materials to build this? Everybody's on the same page on that. And I do see light at the end of the tunnel but we're going to have to be very, very patient for the supply to come back. And if anybody's been out there and looked at car dealerships, even trucking dealerships, you may not even see anything on their lot. Yeah. Yep. It's weird. It is weird. (laughs) (laughs) But I will tell you this, you know, I do have a little history being in this 30 years and I'm uh, uh, 67 years old. And I look at way back when, when you went to order, you went to get a car, you didn't just pick it off the lot. You ordered it, and you got the color you wanted, the interior you wanted. I think we're kind of in those times right now, but you just have to wait a little longer to get your product. I think that's a, a really great point. Um, my uh, my wife and my sister-in-law, I don't know if we're having midlife crisis in our households or not, but um, each of them just went out and bought a Jeep. And um, uh, my wife's uh, fortunately did come off the line, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't special order. Uh, my sister-in-law, on the other hand, did the same thing, but she ordered one back in I believe the start of January, and just showed up here within the last month or so. But to your point, you know, you're getting exactly what you want that way. You know, it, it kind of it's a different dynamic I think than what we've been used to for the last several decades. But I can certainly remember being younger and and my parents going to buy a car. And you didn't go to the lot and buy the car and drive it home that day. You went and you ordered it and and went through those you know those channels to, to be able to get it done. So it might, might be a good point. I think uh, another thing that might be a little encouraging. I had a customer visit yesterday and we were having some conversation regarding the containers. And it sounds like, at least to some degree, there's some while there's still a lot of congestion at the ports and, and waiting on some of those parts and things um, that. Overall, they're starting to manage it a little bit better. So, so in other words, they're getting the containers at least off the ships. They're doing the the storage there at 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 that location, and then sifting through and sorting through and starting to be able to pull some of that stuff and get it to where it needs to go a little more efficiently. So, um, there are some signs of life. There's some some change that might be happening. It's just you know we're definitely an impatient society for the most part we want everything right now and so this has certainly been a challenge for all of us i think last couple of years but good for trucking right right (laughs) and 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 the other thing is is if we could just reach out to everyone and just have everybody just take a deep breath and be patient what's in the future is going to be so much better than what we have even right now 
it's going to be real positive direction that we're going to. So there is some good things that are happening in our industry. Well said. Austin, I appreciate you uh, waiting patiently for the opportunity to have some conversation today. And uh, one of the questions I had for you, um, you know, you've been around quite a while, and especially when you start talking about technology and and some of the different features on trucks and, and certainly have an intimate knowledge of those things. Are there, uh, are there some items that over the years um, that you thought uh, wouldn't be popular but, uh, but uh, that ended up ultimately being uh, an important part of, of the truck? Um, and by that same token, you know, are there things that you thought, uh, you know, in the marketplace would be outstanding and people would be crazy over and uh, this just kind of fell flat? Uh, great questions. So <laughs> I like to start and think about one of the simplest systems that we have on every truck that no one even thinks about anymore. And, and it was your anti-lock brake system and the initial launch of ABS and what that meant for the industry and, and some of the standards and regulations that were tied to ABS. And uh, as of today, you, you, you will not get a truck without it. And it took time. It took growth. It took some, some, some opportunities to learn where, where the, the pitfalls were, but we've mastered that system. And the next step was automatic transmissions. I know that when you look at the transmission and the, the, the truck itself, there was a lot of our drivers out there that didn't like the idea of not being able to grab those gears and, and hit the open road. But when they when they found themselves in a truck that was automated and it 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 made their driving experience that much better their fatigue was dropped off it 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 was amazing how fast the industry took to that technology and uh, i really do feel like our our new version of that is collision mitigation systems the the systems that are on the trucks today that have the ability to go as far as even uh, keeping themselves in the lane to side guard assist, active brake assist, all the different features that are out there. A lot of the drivers are leery of them. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for, for, for my future in trucking? And what I'm finding with most of my drivers and what we're even seeing as a take rate as a factory today, we're almost, uh, we're almost at 83% take rate for collision mitigation or safety systems. Wow and over 98% on automated transmissions. So you can see that that technology is the new technology that's out there and drivers are, are, are becoming more familiar with it and technology is catching up to the expectations of, of the drivers and making sure that they feel comfortable when they know that the truck could potentially apply foundation brakes. Uh, will it do it at the right time and, and will it Will it be in a manner that does make a difference? And, and uh, we're seeing, I'm seeing more and more acceptance and, and honestly more videos of those systems saving lives and giving me that, boy, I wonder what would have happened in this situation if the system wasn't there. No kidding. I I think, um, you know, some of the statistics you're sharing are, frankly, I, I kind of, my eyes got really big. I'm surprised at uh, how many auto transmissions are out and, and being ordered, how many you guys are manufacturing. I know 
Um, we adopted very early on the automatic transmission and went through a couple of cycles of things just being very difficult and strange. And sure. of course, those are the pains of growth and, and the pains that come along with technology. But um, I, I remember the first round of, uh, of purchasing those and being concerned with drivers leaving um, to go to, to um, another company that, that still had a, a manual transmission. And uh, much much to my surprise, it really didn't affect the fleet at all. And like you said, uh, drivers really are embracing them. It doesn't matter if they've got 30 years in the industry or three months. Uh, they're really embracing that technology. I appreciate that thought process. Um, Ed, you know, with your experience, you got a number of years behind you and a lot of knowledge. What what would you say uh, in truck sales has changed? What what do you see that's uh, evolved over the years? Just to kind of springboard off of what Austin was saying, two things, automation and safety. They are the biggest hot buttons in the industry. And I know that a lot of drivers that are out there listening um, had a hard time um, really accepting either or because of the glitches that we had as we introduced new products. But And Austin can uh, expound on this, but our manufacturer explicitly, Daimler, has done such a tremendous job of engineering those into our product that we have very, very little problem with those two subjects. Would you agree, Austin? Yeah, one of the things that a lot of times surprises uh, our drivers out there is when they get these trucks, it may be their first experience in a truck with a collision mitigation or a system that has, uh, let's say, uh, active lane assist. And and the reality is, by their perception, it's it's new to them. But for Daimler and being being able to partner with Mercedes Benz, we're actually on our fifth version of this system and working currently now on our sixth so we've got over well over honestly a decade of technology and, and understanding and growth so it may seem new to the the driver but it is definitely not new to us and that that ability to have miles and, and learn what does and doesn't work is really what stands us out in the industry with our system Dan, what do you? Uh, what are the items that you consider when you go and 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 sell to your customers? Are there some kind of factors that when you walk in the door, okay, these are the things I need to make sure that I cover or think about. Um, um, you know, I know from our experiences, it's um, a, a pretty caring conversation. That okay, these are the things we know that you appreciate, that you like. Here's some of the new things. What do you, what kind of goes into that sales call from your perspective? Yeah, Tim. So. I would say, you know, the biggest thing is the spec and in every line item on that spec and making sure it's right and and we can explain and and tell you the different options um to make that that truck work for your for your business best as best as we can. And then um obviously, you know, we go through the um time frame of wanting that truck and 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 making making our making it work for you and getting that truck to uh best as we can and and uh basically just yeah just building that that spec to you yeah yeah do you find um you know obviously we we're not really in a specialized world uh, and i don't know the, kind of the variety of of customers that, that you service um is the is the spectrum of of 
uh, class eight vehicle as as kind of deep as what I think it might be as far as the variety that uh, needs of each each customer might be extremely different or are are we becoming over the years more homogenized more the same definitely coming definitely becoming more the same but you know every every company does a little bit different um, has a little bit different idea of the, their spec and making it fit to their needs yeah. I appreciate that. In terms of uh, truck technology, what what would you say the biggest successes are today? And Austin, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that one at you. So, honestly, if if I had to say, I don't want to continue to to beat these safety systems to death, but uh, the the, sa- the safety system and video capture has has honestly been eye opening to me. I. I would say in the last five years is where, where it really picked up for the Stoops group when we really started talking about the systems and and, and really embracing them and, and spending our time with the drivers. And I I felt like this was a good niche for certain fleets, somebody that, you know, is really pushing it. And at, at this point, the technology is growing at such a fast rate. And that's the take rate of the system and the growth and, and the expansion of the system. It's it's literally every year at this point, Tim. We're coming out with new features, new updated features. The It's really what's given me a job, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> it, the, I couldn't imagine trying to, to do the paperwork and track trucks and then on top of that try to stay on top of the technology. It's all I can do to stay on top of the technology and support the sales staff. So it uh that that system itself has really opened up my eyes uh to to the future and, and where we're moving and what do you think uh in terms of technology what do you think we can expect over you know maybe not the next year or two but what do you see in the next perhaps decade that's a really loaded question there yes Tim, it is you know and um i'm not asking for predictions and i'm certainly not making any bets in vegas but you know I would say that you're going to see a lot of growth, uh, even in your own uh, company, where fuel economy has gotten so much better. Yeah, You've seen that happen, and we've talked about these safety systems, but even more driver comfort items. You're going to see our trucks, and they have been, become more automotive. Years ago, when I first started out, we were light years away from a truck being like a car. It was mm-hmm. just totally different. Now you look, you get in a truck and you got heated seats and air cooled seats and uh, remote control air conditioning. And uh, the ride is unbelievable. The steering is easier. Those are the things that you're gonna see keep evolving. And it's just gonna make it much better for the driver itself. You know, um, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I, I still uh, still carry a CDL and, of course, started my career as a, as a driver. And the one thing more than anything else that stands out, and we can talk technology all day, there's, there's so many features on these trucks that are just amazing. But there's one thing you know, when you talk about being more automotive that stands out and has stood out, I bet you for pretty close to a decade now, is how much quieter the interior of a truck is than it what what it was you know 20 years ago it's amazing the amount of technology that's gone into um 
silencing the interior of the cab. That's a great call because I can remember when I first started selling uh, Freightliners, our FLD product, everybody would call it a freight shaker. And everything yep. rattled and moved around. And now you get in these and you shut the door and it's like a vacuum. Yeah, it really is. It's it's scary, almost scary. I, I remember, like I said, it's it's been batches of trucks that go at this point. But how about you, 2013, 2014, we got some trucks in. And I took it for a spin just down the down the highway. I'm like, I can't believe how quiet this thing is. And so, yeah, I, I sometimes it's the little things. But that's a, a level of comfort that didn't exist, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Absolutely. That is absolutely yeah, I appreciate right. you pointing that out. What What do you think? And, Dan, I'm, I, I guess I'll ask you this question in terms of ev it's such a, a hot topic right now um and and certainly i think um our government is driving the bus in that direction and we have challenges certainly with infrastructure and what that will mean uh, but what, what do you see for the ev world at this point well i think uh i think for over the road um you know i think i think it's it's pretty far off I guess, in, in my opinion, but, I, you know, I have limited experience in that. Um, I think it's, you know, going to be more for that pickup and delivery, um, city, city, um, you know, driving those type of Final things. Final mile type, yep. yeah. Yep, and, uh, you know, like you said, the infrastructure. I just, there's there's a lot to go into it, especially to get it as the, uh, you know, for the over-the-road application. So, Dan, a question for you. Um, there's a lot of conversation. We've got uh, certainly some governmental interjection that's happening right now in terms of electronic vehicles what what can you share what do you see as kind of the immediate future you know next couple of years as far as ev well tim i don't i think it's obviously it's it's getting pushed more and more each day um i think uh i think in speaking for over the road i i think uh you know that that's that's going to be a while uh, i've got very limited experience though um with the ev product um but you know discussion with with freightliner and and things like that it's it's going to be probably more focused on that pickup and delivery um city type driving and um infrastructure uh infrastructure definitely is going to be a factor in in um evolving evolving the ev product yeah that final mile delivery and you had some comments on that too you know, Tim, I was uh, fortunate enough to go out to Portland to our Daimler headquarters. That whole factory now is dedicated to two things. It's dedicated to electric vehicles, and also it is dedicated to automation. And the interesting thing there, they gave some data, and uh, Daimler is predicting that by 20. 30, and I'm going to be a little contrary to what Dan's saying. By 2030, they believe that over 50% of the vehicles they're selling will be electric vehicle. Whether it be battery operated or hydrogen operated, they're still trying to evolve that technology. Sure. So it's, I'm really excited. And by 2050, they say that 90% of their sales will all be electric. Now, when you look at that, it's kind of like LED lights. Everybody kind of knows what, and they took a little while because they're expensive. Yeah. And we didn't have enough volume to get the, the pricing down. I, it's just my belief, it's going to come. And we all look around and, you know, 2022 is over and we're already looking at 2024. 
it's it's just around the corner now i think what you have is the debate well, we've had alternate fuel sources before, natural gas, yep. CNG, LNG. Yeah, we've been down it. those roads. Yeah, and they didn't really work out as well as everybody thought they might. One of the problems with electric vehicles is they can't get the miles in. So you can only go out 400 miles or 500 miles, which is what Dan's talking about. So if you're doing regional pickup and delivery, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But they're getting there. And they're going to get there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think we are with the EV market. Austin, do you think, uh, you know, it's obviously a direction that uh, I think things are headed. And I agree with Ed there. Do you think um, from a from a part standpoint, will it uh, kind of uh, declutter uh, what's what's going on with a, with a current model of Freightliner to, to have an EV Freightliner? Yeah, that's uh that's a great point. We we actually we've talked about that. I've 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 seen them, and one of the things that is somewhat surprising, if you really think about it, is you think of the complexity of an internal combustion engine, uh, diesel, as 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 an example, and you think of all the plumbing and tubing and after treatment components and everything that's involved in that s- specific system to maintain, and then you think of what an electric vehicle requires and there is a dramatic drop in components in itself now the the complexity is there but it is a component-based complexity it's not something that a a technician or a shop would go through and as example rewind the stator wires to rebuild the internals of an electric motor that would be something that's a a plug-and-play a direct replacement unlike a diesel where you have to maintain every small little bolt and every little bracket and everything that's required there. So there is complexity to an electric vehicle, but there's also simplicity that's that's also evolved and is something that will be greatly beneficial to, to the fleets as far as main, maintenance goes and, and, and parts availability. The, the, the ability to standardize the, the motors, we... we we look at a, a vehicle spec today on a diesel, and you look at a vehicle spec on an electric, and it's almost cut into a third when it comes down to the some of the driveline and, and powertrain and transmission options. And there, there is some, there is definitely some gains that will be will be had with the electric vehicle for sure. I wonder, um, you know, kind of bigger picture again. Uh, you know, as that technology really starts to take hold, and Ed, I think your point's spot on with a lot of things over the years as technology grows and the sales of that technology continues on, like you did with the, with the like you mentioned with the LED lights, uh, it becomes a, a less expensive option and, and then therefore more attractive. So one of the th- one of the points that uh, I think is interesting in this conversation in regards to the the technology and uh, some of the changes there when we get to EV. Uh, and Ed, I think you're touching on it a bit uh, as far as the LED lights. Uh, one of the big things that uh, that happens is, is over time, as as people purchase more of a specific vehicle or product, uh, that that price tag comes down. So then it becomes a question of, all right, we know ba- battery technology is um, getting better and better all the time. Go go and buy a power drill today versus what it was like, you know, even five years ago. It's amazing the technology as far as battery power is concerned. But 
now we're talking about an increase of, of total batteries, uh, number of batteries inside of a vehicle to be able to get the, a truck to move down the road. So it comes to the question of, okay, what does disposal look like in the future? Or is it more recycling than disposal? And do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, I do. When we were out in Portland, uh, Daimler's actually purchased a company in New York that can take a battery and they can uh, take, uh, turn it back into 95% raw materials. So 5% is disposable, 95% is reusable. Now that's gonna take some time to get it going. And I actually, my own personal beliefs without, I mean, when I was out in uh, Portland, they were talking all these chemical reactions and H2O and getting hydrogen out of uh, water. But that's, I think, the, the, the focus is to get to hydrogen. And once we get there, we're going to have longevity and we're going to have less cost to run the vehicle. I think that's the direction we're headed into. You think hydrogen, huh? Yes, I do. There's a danger factor there. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I want to I want to jump in there too, just to make a quick comment. One of the one of the things that we know is that when we talk about usable life of a battery for a class seven or class eight truck, the usable life for the vehicle is different than the usable life of the battery, and we're actually only about 80% depleted when we remove the battery from the vehicle at that point, which is from what we're seeing today. And it, like you had said, it continues to grow every year, but it's between a seven and 10 year window is the expectations of the battery life. Only 20% of that battery will be, will be used up. If you will, the, the intent there is on-site storage. So as we continue with the infrastructure, they will have, almost a, a cartridge type design where they can take that usable life that's still left in the battery, put that to the infrastructure as battery storage. And that could be for the charging capability of the truck. It can also be as simple as just powering the facility that the the units are housed in, in the, the, the terminal that's that's actually for the operation of the company. So they are they're looking at second and third life outside of the vehicle before they would even need to go through the recycle process so wow. there's there's a lot there's a lot of technology in the batteries and, and thought process there that you don't hear a lot of people talk about yeah yeah I, th I think that needs to be a part of that conversation so bigger picture when we're talking about something as large as ev and it's certainly the expense of ev today versus what it could be um, really understanding kind of the details and the impact, the overall impact of, of what that could mean for the industry and certainly for the environment, because that's the end game is we want to have somewhere for our grandchildren and great grandchildren and great, great grandchildren to live. So um, I think that's great. And I appreciate the, uh, the thought processes there. Dan, would you say that there's a most common question that comes from a customer when you, when you make a call? Do you have any trucks? <laughs> that's today's. Today's. That's, yeah, the, that's the last year or so. Yeah, I, I think that's probably pretty fair. Can you share with me, what do you love about your job? Well, the probably the, the most uh, loving part of my job really would be uh, the relationships that I've, I've made with my customers. And a lot of those relations that relationships have uh, evolved in friendships. And really, just taking care of my my friends, my customers, and continuing building that relationship with with those friends and those uh, customers. 
Ed, what will you miss most about yours? It's a very satisfying occupation that we're in in sales because um, when I come to Garner, they have a need and we are able to fill that need. It becomes a lot more difficult to really examine what you're looking for in that need. But when you arrive at that process, it's unbelievable how good that makes not only me feel, our company feel, but our customers feel. Austin, what, what's your uh, what's your favorite part? You, what, what do you love most about the job you do? The job, uh, we I like to refer to it as the mafia. As <laughs> <laughs> once you're in, once you're in, you don't get out of it, and it's a tight knit group. It's it's that's what I enjoy about it is when you're in it and we're all cut from the same cloth. We all like trucks as 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 kids, the equipment, and to find common ground with my customers there and just enjoy the product. Uh, I enjoy the success, kind of like what uh, Ed was referring to, the relationships, to, to see the success when we put a product in, in the hands of a company and to see that product help the company grow and see them be successful and then be able to buy more product the next year and know that we're, we're, we're making a difference. That, that's a lot of fun. It's it's a great industry. It's kind of a, a hidden industry, as crazy as it sounds. You see trucks everywhere, but it's not something that's talked about. And uh, I, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed that part of it. I think that's really well said. I, you know, if there's if there's one thing I think I can echo, at least from, from my end and most, I think that are in trucking and certainly are in it long term, that there is a – it's a genuine passion um, or lunacy, one of the two. I'm not sure which. There you go. <laughs> uh, but but um, the fact of the matter is it does get in your blood. I was warned of that when I first got started in trucking, and it certainly is true. I can't imagine doing anything else. But at uh, you know the ripe age of 25 when I started, I had no concept of you know really what it really was going to mean to get involved with the industry. And and now here, you know, almost a quarter of a century later, to to still be. Um, working actively in trucking and and see some of the things that I've been able to see and meet the people that I've been able to meet. It certainly speaks, um, it speaks volumes as to the industry itself. We are hidden. We are a hidden industry, even though we're in plain sight and you see trucks everywhere you go. Um, I don't think that the, the youth of today really knows the real opportunity that's out there. Um, without that, you know, even that four-year degree. So uh, I think it's up to us as uh, as carriers and certainly as, as uh, salespeople and, and, and uh, those that are involved in any corner or facet of trucking to make sure that we're reaching out to that younger generation, getting in front of those students and saying, hey, there's there's an entire life ahead of you that you can have a, a great life that you can have in this industry, and you won't you won't meet um, more salt of the earth people. And I think uh, all three of you are an excellent example of what I mean when I say salt of the earth folks. And I appreciate you taking the appreciate you all three taking the time to to talk with me today. I have one final question. It's kind of a, a, a softball question, uh, but I know it's on the the hearts and minds of all drivers. Um, what uh, and I'm going to ask from each of you. You don't have to agree or disagree with one another, but I'm interested to know when you guys think that self-driving trucks, 100% automated, no need for a driver trucks, will be the commonplace in 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 the United States. Tim, if you will, I'd like to answer that question because I have strong feelings on this. The autonomous truck is kind of a cliche out there that everybody thinks it's going to happen, platooning, 
one truck following another and now we're not going to need drivers. I know it's not going to happen in my lifetime. And for you drivers that are out there, I would not worry about it. What I will say is autonomous has a kind of a synergy to uh, automated. These trucks are getting easier and easier, safer to drive. But it's always going to need somebody sitting in that seat, watching out for that one thing that's going to happen. And we need good drivers. And I would like to reach out to the drivers and say, I feel like your job is very secure. Dan, what do you think? I'm really just going to echo what what Ed said. You know, I uh, I think we're going to need drivers, and it, it's going to be it's it's just going to be something I don't think is going to happen. You know, and, and for and, and a long time, if so. Yeah. I mean, I know I got a lot of years ahead of me in the, in this industry. You know, at 33 years old, um, a lot of things can happen in 30 30 to 40 years. So, I guess uh, I I just I just don't 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 think it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. If it would. Yeah. Austin, what are your thoughts? The tech guy can speak now, right? <laughs> the tech guy, the tech guy. So, uh, you know, one of the things that I know Freightliner looks at, and we, we I talk directly to a, a ton of our, our Freightliner engineer groups and, and what they're working on, and they, they talk about the ability to go from your SAE levels, and when you get to your higher levels, the hurdles are dramatically higher to overcome. So being able to have a completely driverless truck and in the eyes of Freightliner, they're not interested in that for 90% of their product that they're, that they're developing. Everything has been developed that the driver has the last, the last opportunity to interact with that vehicle in all situations. Now there are going to be some just like EV where we're working with companies like Waymo. If you get a chance, look up Waymo and, and LiDAR and, and look at what even Amazon is doing. There will be some connected cities that will, will have these opportunities for autonomous vehicles. And it will look very different than what the mainstream wants to sell it, like semis driving down the road with no drivers. It would, They will not look like semis. They will look odd, more like moving containers under closed loop circuits basically is what it looks like. And we still need jobs. They still need monitors and it will op open up opportunities. Uh, let's say you get tired of sitting in that seat um, after 20, 30 years and you're looking for so something that may not be so difficult on your back or climbing in and out of the truck. These, these technologies will open up even more doors. For, for drivers and, and individuals that are in the industry. I jokingly said it is like the 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 mafia, and I truly believe to that to so many degrees. Just because you may not want to do it doesn't mean you're out, and we'll find another spot and a position for you. So uh, I think that's my best description of autonomous and what it looks like in the future. I appreciate that. I, I, um, I've often said this, and of course, I, I, you know, my, I think my mind works a little more uh, simple than uh, than the tech world is concerned, but uh, it seems this simple to me. And I've said this a thousand times, but um, I know that planes can can take off on their own, they can land on their own, they can fly on their own. But you don't see anybody getting on a plane that doesn't have a pilot on it. And I just I can't see that for um, for our highways and byways either. I can't see that the American lives would feel too safe with you know 100% automation. I think probably in some 
some perspectives, um, you know, the platooning world, that that's something that could probably be a reality. I think maybe a little tougher pipe dream to say, okay, you know, carrier A is going to allow carrier B to, you know, latch on and platoon. I, 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 that might be a little little far-fetched um, but I think there's there's some important applications that have come out of the word quote-unquote automation um, and, and and we're seeing those today you're seeing all these safety technologies that we've been talking about today and certainly you're seeing those in the truck that level of automation is already here today and I think will will we'll long stand and, and truly be test of time um, to making vehicles safer and, and, and making safer operation for our industry and for for everyone who's out on the highway. So, I you know automation as a as a as a word I think gets a little cringy and you'll you'll have drivers like mm, you know. But at the end of the day, uh, like it or not, we're already here. You know, we're already we're already dealing with uh, steering assist and lane departure and and adaptive cruise and all these amazing technologies that 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 we have currently. And I think that's really the height of of automation and trucking for the foreseeable for future for you know for whatever that's worth. Well, Ed, Dan, and Austin, I really want to, again, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you taking a moment to, to talk with us today, and, and certainly the listener will, will really appreciate the conversation that we've had today. Uh, this has been Tim Krolski and another episode of Garner Trucking's Beyond the Cab.